your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, this is your Wednesday edition of Offsides here on November the 9th, 2022, 5.01 p.m. here on the campus of Rowan University, WGLS-FM Studios, along with Mr. Jack Miller from the WGLS Sports Department. I am your Wednesday host, Aaron Hook. Um, Happy to be back with you all here on another midweek edition of Offsides. Today, not a ton to really, um, Jack, I just delve into and and break down um, with the slow kind of day yesterday. No football, obviously, and then there were no NBA games yesterday uh, after every team played 15 minutes apart um, on Monday night. Every tip-off was 15 minutes apart, and then yesterday there were no games. And so uh, there is a bit of news. We're going to look forward to the Thursday night football game tomorrow. And we'll talk to some of the NBA games and storylines going on um, tonight. And then we've got a, a pretty cool top five at the end of the show. thought I would uh, spice it up a little bit, um, change it up a little bit. But first of all, Jack, uh, how are we doing? We're doing pretty good. Um, I'm honestly excited for the top five. My favorite top five so uh, <laughs> that we've nice. done. So. Nice. I'm so, glad. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing really well. Uh, we got blue coats tomorrow. We um, do. The so. Delaware blue coats taking off their season um, tomorrow. Uh, at the cha- or I guess the home opener yeah, really home um, opener, yeah. tomorrow at the Chase Field House so uh, that'll be a lot of fun your uh, football team won over the weekend yeah they did they did uh, they beat they squeaked it out uh, over the uh, the uh, the Falcons mm-hmm. and uh, the Eagles also won on Thursday so yes. good football week um, unfortunately, Jets won unfortunately um, though my Phillies lost in the World Series yes um, they did very sad about that. Um, there's a picture that I mean, obviously it's radio. I can't show it, but I'm mm-hmm. just I was just standing still, like I was in this like leaned over pose with my hands folded for like 15 minutes. I just didn't move after they won. Like, oh, I, it was just, it was tough to watch. Like seeing your favorite team that you've grown up watching for like 14 years now, like maybe like 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like it's just tough to see they reached the biggest stage and they fell short. So. Oh yeah, 100. Um, percent so. And yeah, you gotta feel for Phillies fans, obviously, but. Uh, I, I think most people down here um, want to kind of get past it and, and yeah. uh, get into the offseason stage where um, obviously they're hoping that the Phillies will um, go out, make some big splashes, and, and try to you know make another run next year and hopefully bring it home. Yeah, we will definitely be talking about offseason moves and what happened in the World Series on 10th inning tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, which that episode will be posted tomorrow on uh, anywhere you can find a podcast. So quick There plug, you go. So. <laughs> plug it, plug it, plug it. Uh, Jack and Tara hosting 10th inning tomorrow, 11 a.m. Don't miss it. All right. Uh, we were talking about how Jack's Chargers beat the Falcons on a last-second field goal. Um, speaking of the Falcons, they take on the Carolina Panthers tomorrow on Thursday Night Football to open up Week 10, Jack. Crazy we're almost um, – Halfway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we're over halfway, and 
Uh, we're into the double digits here in terms of the weeks, and yeah. so I was waiting for football. Like it felt like I was waiting for football I to happen like a week ago. I just said that we're in tenth inning. Yeah, I, not tenth inning. Ten, a week ten. So. <laughs> I just said that yesterday on um, third and long. I, I was like, it's just crazy how quick the NFL season goes every year. You know, I think we say it about Any mo- sport. most sports. You know, I think the NBA season can kind of linger a little bit, um, especially in kind of like February and March as we get closer to the playoffs. Uh, the MLB season, obviously, you know, it, I think it does go by pretty fast. I remember watching opening day back in yeah. back in April, but mm-hmm. still, that does feel like a good amount of time is down by. The NFL season just goes by uh, in yeah. the blink of an eye, it seems like, every year. So, <laughs> all right, here we go. Week 10, this is in Charlotte, North Carolina tomorrow. The 2-7 and seven Panthers hosting the 4-5 and five Atlanta Fountains, who right now, Jack, are tied with a sub-500 record, they are tied for first place in the NFC South with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so, a big matchup this week. They've got a chance for at least um, until Sunday to take sole possession um, of the division, uh, because I don't believe the the, the Buccaneers playing. The, the Bucs have a yeah. Okay, so they're they're playing Seattle um, in the Munich game at 9:30 on Sunday. Ooh. And That's so, a good, I might want to. I might get up for that. <laughs> and so, yeah, that actually will be a pretty good matchup. I think um, they're favored by two and a half points right now. And Seattle's so, really good, though. I, I, that's a big surprise team right there. They they are very good. We'll see how the Bucks fare, um, especially with you know the early game, and I'm sure they'll have Germany. some sort of jet <laughs> lag. Yeah, going over there to Germany, the switching of the time zones, and so it's going to be a tough one for the Bucks. And so the Falcons have a real opportunity here um, again at four and five, Jack, to kind of take this division. By the reins, and uh, I think on the other side for Carolina, right now the uh, the real storyline is who is going to be starting under center tomorrow night. Now, all indications are pointing towards P.J. Walker, um, the interim head coach, Steve Wilts, who obviously took over for um, Matt Rule when he was fired a couple of weeks ago, um, has said that he's leading towards P.J., um, although he's coming off just uh, a dismal performance <laughs> against the Bengals. I mean... He couldn't get anything going. He was hit a bunch of times. He was he, he making inaccurate throws. He looked like you know the PJ Walker that had has been a backup here and has kind of had to fight his way, um, you know, through multiple backup positions to get to this point where he was making his third consecutive start um, yesterday or on Sunday. Sorry, and so he was benched for Baker Mayfield last week, and. You know, to me, I think the right decision is to to give him another shot here. But uh, if he flails um, against this Atlanta defense specifically, yeah, um, I think you know they're gonna have to go back to the drawing board here and look at maybe Baker as a long term option for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's definitely the exact case that they're pretty much in. Um, the Atlanta Falcons defense isn't uh, the greatest. Um, I mean, we've seen them. It's not even just this year. It's been like it's a it's a yearly thing. Like they're always like they they can't hold a lead. I mean, late in, going late into games. So, so I think that they this is their true test right here. If you want to trust PJ Walker, um, but the thing is, is like your your second option's Baker. Like yeah. Baker's not your greatest QB. Like this year, I mean, he hasn't started in every game, but. He has over a thousand yards throwing with six TDs, but also with four interceptions. Like, he's just not the greatest. He makes very poor decisions sometimes as the leader of the team, like who to pass it to. Like if his if his first guy is not there or tries to throw it into double coverage for some reason. 
So Baker, I, like you got to go to the drawing board. Like you ha you, you should have tried to go for some for something, but I know they're in a rebuild stage, so I think they're probably going to try and go for someone in the draft. Probably someone like Bryce Young, but <laughs> um, but yeah, they definitely need to look at QBs uh, towards the end of the year because I don't think that um, not just the Panthers but any team would, would have to decide between PJ or Baker Mayfield um, as their long-term QB unless PJ can prove it against some struggling defenses. PJ Walker, a local guy, Elizabeth, New Jersey native, went to Temple again last week against the Bengals, three of ten, Jack. For nine yards and two interceptions. Yeah. And he ran for six yards. So, not good. No. Uh, not, not good. <laughs> not and good so, you know, Baker comes on. Actually plays pretty well. 14 of 20 for two touchdowns, 155 yards. Um, it, it, was, it was too little too late, though. Panthers were getting blown out at that point. I believe it was like the Bengals went up 35 nothing or 35-7 at one point. So, it was a blowout from the yeah, start. it was. And so... You know, Baker just kind of gets thrown into the fire there. What's decent, but again, the rest of the year here, I mean, he's only eclipsed 200 yards twice um, despite making five starts. Uh, he's thrown four, let's see, one, two, three, four, six touchdowns um, to four interceptions. So he really hasn't been much better than what we've seen. And P.J. Walker at least has made some really dynamic plays over the last couple of weeks that, you know, obviously I think – um, the majority of NFL fans can sit here and agree, Jack, that P.J. Walker isn't going to just blossom into a franchise quarterback all of a sudden um, because, you know, although he is still uh, a relatively young guy, just 27, um, he's just he, – he's, he's not that type of guy, right? He's just he not, not talented enough to be the guy where he's going to develop. Um, don't think he has the physical attributes. But he made some plays that it's like – okay, this is probably your best option moving forward when you see him get out of the pocket and make the throw um, to DJ Moore uh, in that game against uh, – who's who did they score the late touchdown against? Uh, I guess it was the Falcons, actually, in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Remember that play where yeah, they scored the DJ touchdown Moore. Yeah, yeah. to Moore? That was a crazy throw, kind of like across his body yeah. over towards the sideline. Now, they don't want to miss the extra point after, and they end up <laughs> losing the game. Yeah. Um, but – you know, that and a couple other off-platform, you know, off-structure throws that he's made. And you're thinking, like, I don't think Baker can do that. So, I, yeah, they might as well roll with P.J. Walker at this point. Yeah, and the thing with the, the Bengals game is, and the Atlanta game as well, like when they played in Atlanta, mm -hmm. is that it's not, it wasn't Walker's fault. I mean, part, part of it is, but, like, the main reason uh, isn't their fault. I mean... Last week when they played the Bengals, I mean, they just got outplayed by Joe Mixon. Like it was the Joe Mixon show, and their defense just struggled to to uh, to defend him. And then and then the uh, the Atlanta game when they played two weeks ago, they uh, the kicker I, I can't even remember the kicker's name, but the kicker just blew it twice. Um, once in uh, in the fourth quarter, and then in overtime to lose. So I feel bad for PJ because I mean he is struggling, but. The Panthers right now are just not this great team. Like it's not like they're they have good coaches and they're struggling. It's just that they're it's an all around mess and they're all trying to figure it out. But they're all putting the blame on PJ because he's the one that had that is starting right now and is uh, producing the stats that they would like to see him produce. So the Panthers ticker is Eddie Pinheiro, tit for the Jets last year. Actually did a nice job at the end of the year. 
Um, but yeah, he he was the one who missed that extra point. It's yeah. like you have a play like that, and it's like I can't even imagine being on the Panthers' sideline thinking yeah. you're about to win on this this crazy play with like under 20 seconds left mm-hmm. um, on the road in a divisional game, and yeah, and then, and then you can't you can't execute an extra point, and you end up losing the game. In That's overtime. some like Vikings way to lose, like <laughs> yeah. because remember they always had kicker disasters, right. With uh, Joseph and everyone, yep. so. Um, like it's just the that's like a Vikings th- way to lose. There was something on on um, Twitter where everyone was like, "Is is this the double doink guy?" Because Pinero <laughs> hit for the Bears, but Tyro Santos was the one who missed Park, it. Cody Parkey. Oh, Cody Parkey, right? Parkey okay, because okay, he kicked because he kicked for the Eagles. That's the only yes. reason I know this. Because Cody Parkey watched that game live. That was so it was because uh, that's we were that like, was, oh my god, he iced him. And, that was yeah. a crazy game. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, and so, you know, you looked on the other side for Atlanta. Uh, A.J. Terrell is not going to play in this game. He's missed the last few weeks. Unfortunate. Um, yeah, one of the better corners in our league. And so— The best player probably on the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I, 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 I would, would say. I would say so, especially um, defensively. Oh, for sure, yeah. And so, you know, you looked at them with Mariota, and the offense that has come into fruition under Arthur Smith, they run a lot of play action— um, it's a lot of stuff with Danny Mariota, easy looks on the run, but I mean they've got playmakers there, obviously with you know Cordero Patterson and and Kyle Pitts, um, guys who can move around and do different things, and Mariota still got it, uh, you know in in the department of being able to move and being able to create and extend plays with his legs as well. So it's not an easy offense to game plan for. Again, there are a lot of different guys that line up and in all kinds of different spots, and, and then they do rely heavily on establishing that run game. Um, and then, you know, they run more play action than just about anybody in the lead. And so, you know, at 4-5, and five, you're going to take a look at the Falcons' uh, numbers kind of offensively. They've ranked pretty good under Arthur Smith. And, you know, he comes from that Tennessee system where, again, it was a lot of, Run heavy stuff and yeah, relying Kennedy, on yeah, yeah Denning Tannehill in the passing game those easy looks, and so you figure that against a Panthers defense that is young and has struggled, that you know the Falcons in this one are are, are going to look to kind of get out early, Jack and and kind of establish the tone. Although it's on the road, I'm not sure how many Panthers fans are going to be filing into their seats uh, tomorrow yeah. night. Yeah, I mean they they showed it on NFL's Instagram that. The Panthers don't have like a sellout crowd. It's like a forty percent crowd that's like turnout. So, um, but I like the Falcons like this year because they are using Mariota to what he's able to do. Like, uh, and they're like building the playbook around him. A lot of play actions, making him mobile. I mean, he's a mobile quarterback, so he can run. I mean, he's gotten um, some rushing touchdowns this year as uh, this year. So, and. It's just using Mariota and Patterson as this dual threat because Mariota can pop off uh, on occasions, but like, um, but having Patterson having a fake to Patterson on the run, I mean, you think it's a run because Patterson's just this explosive guy that can run and catch. I mean, it's just a really, it's really cool that Arthur Smith is just building around Mariota and Patterson, and it's honestly working out well, even there, even though they're. Um, below a 500 team because honestly I didn't see the I saw the Falcons performing as the Panthers would this year because I didn't think that system would work with Mariota being the quarterback and only their star player being uh, AJ Terrell and Mm -hmm. Patterson so um, 
these guys are looking good. I mean, they're honestly um, one of the teams that I wasn't expecting to actually be doing decent. I thought these these teams would this uh, the Falcons would be a team like the Panthers, being like getting a win or two, getting like five or four or five wins at the end of the year, getting a lottery pick uh, in the draft. But they're doing pretty well. They're doing way better than I expected them to, and I expect them to win in on the road in Carolina. So yeah, a lot of question marks coming into the year, obviously with Smith being the young head coach and. Mariota kind of trying to revitalize himself and so you know they bring him in and look this is an offense right now that's top 10 in scoring 24.1 a game puts him ninth out of 32 teams now again the defense is is the issue um they ranked 26th in in for both of them though I I would be surprised it's like a, a little bit of a shootout I mean yeah, I could see that too, especially again. Like a 29-27 game. You figure if P.J. Walker gets back to the level that he was at, you know, the first two weeks. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, this one could definitely turn into more of a uh, a shootout, like like Jack said. Um, just another note, NFL-wise, uh, we're going to move away from that Thursday night game. Actually, let's get a score prediction out of here. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll probably I'm gonna keep it like same. I'd say like twenty nine, twenty seven. <laughs> That's it's, a good one. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be close. I think because it's division, they both know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll watch their film. Um, but these Thursday night games, man, like there's always there's always used to be like a Thursday night game every other week that's like oh my god, like I can't wait to watch this. But then there it's just these random team games. Like like last week it was Eagles, Eagles at the Texans. Texans, and then you get a game like. Um, the Bears and Commanders, like yeah, it was it's just these random games that I mean, Baltimore this is one of the better Tampa ones. Baltimore and Tampa was a good one. Yeah, like these are this is one of the ones that I th- are, are good because it's division. But like you have these random teams that are going against each <sighs> the other. Colts and Broncos. Yeah, that game like, was awful. That game exactly. was terrible. And, like there's been like two games where it's been like the winning team scored twelve or something. <laughs> like like it's it's just crazy. Like these Thursday night games, like they got to get better Thursday night games because like. Even if it's like just division matchups are just what they kind of have to aim for, but yeah. like the random team stuff, it's like you already know who's going to win because right. the random teams that they choose one's more dominant than the other. Yeah, Chiefs and Chargers back in week two was um was a pretty good one as yeah, well. Exactly, but usually it's like Thursday night. You're yeah. like, oh my god, like I want to watch Thursday right. night football. But mm-hmm. like now it's like with the games that they've had this year. Yeah, it's I, like, haven't, I haven't. What, been in, do I watch it or no? Like I, I haven't been excited for too many of them maybe a couple Mm -hmm. and so i guess tomorrow night or yeah tomorrow night will be kind of interesting just to kind of watch the falcons and how they perform but outside of that yeah i didn't even watch the eagles game because i was at game five (laughs) right well that's understandable well but still like like like, it's just like i'd be forced to watch it if the eagle if the phillies weren't playing but like i wouldn't have watched like even if it was like vikings at the panthers or whatever like i wouldn't watch that because i know who's gonna win like Another note coming out of the NFL, Josh Allen dealing with a sprained elbow after he um, hurt it against the Jets on Sunday. Crazy. Listed as day-to-day um, right now. And the Bills this week will be hosting the Minnesota Vikings at 1 o'clock in western New York. So that'll be a very wow. fun matchup. 7-1, and one, the Vikings come in, and the Bills obviously off the loss to the Jets are sitting in two. And so a couple of division leaders going at it there on Sunday that'll be a pretty good one yeah and uh I think from what my father has told me (laughs) is that uh 
they might be looking at uh, if the X-rays go bad, they might be doing Tommy John surgery. That's what I heard. On Allen. On Allen. Wow. So, okay. And which would be a four-week thing. Yeah. So, well, that'd which, be, but that's a lot of weeks. I mean, yeah, it's injury. a quarter of the year, and we've only got seven of them left. So exactly. So. Bills in a tight division race right now. Jets and Dolphins uh, sit in three, both just yeah. a half game. Case Keenum might be going against his old team. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Out of first place there. So, yeah, Taste Keenum had a pretty good year with the Vikings a few years ago, and so we'll see uh, if he's the one to get the start for Buffalo. All right. Going to get us into our first break here on Offsides, and we're going to start that. going to start the break by checking the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines, so please follow state law and stop for said pedestrians. For questions about public safety, you can call 856-256-4922. That's 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. Offsides here on this Wednesday in Glassboro. More when we return. Tune in to Rowan Radio every Saturday afternoon from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Icon Rock Show with the Icon himself, Gary D. Enjoy the very best classic and hard rock from Aerosmith to Black Sabbath. To the Rolling Stones and more. Crank up the volume for the Icon Rock Show every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. Also online at RowanRadio.com. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. This is your Wednesday edition, your midweek edition of Offsides. I am your host, Aaron Hook, here every Wednesday, most of the time anyway, for Offsides from 5 to 6 p.m. You can catch Offsides every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 here on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. I'm joined today uh, by the fantastic Mr. Jack Miller. Um, from our Rowan Radio Sports Department. Just got done talking some NFL, previewed the Falcons and Panthers coming up tomorrow night to kick off Week 10. Also, um, just briefly there before we went to break, discussed uh, the Josh Allen injury situation, which will be very, very interesting to monitor. Uh, But I think that's enough NFL for now. Going to move on to the hardwood here, talk some National Basketball Association. Again, a little bit of a weird start to the week in terms of the NBA, 
Uh, all 30 teams played on Monday, each game being 15 minutes apart in terms of when they tipped off. So pretty cool to see there. Um, and then no games yesterday because of uh, election night in America. And so we are back here with uh, an NBA slate on this Wednesday and going to highlight two key matchups tonight. One features the New York Knicks headed down to Brooklyn, headed down from Midtown over to cozy little Brooklyn and Barclays Center to take on the Brooklyn Nets led by Kevin Durant. Um, and, you know, the Nets to this point, Jack, uh, I think you can kind of define their season if you had to use one word I would kind of say anarchy because it's it's just kind of been all over the place with the storylines that have come from off the court and the play on the court hasn't been great and the Nets uh they're they're in some turmoil right now at four and seven hosting the Nets tonight at 7 30. Yeah it's it's kind of crazy I feel like the Nets at this point are kind of desperate at this point with yeah, the, I would uh, agree. with the whole Kyrie Irving stuff and uh the head coaching situation um so I think they're desperate I think what the thing is is that because of Durant they're trying to make him and the Nets a really good team so they're trying to get everything in line no matter the backgrounds of the the players or the coaches that they're trying to get back or get um on the team so um they're just trying to get they're just trying to be good, um, and they're trying to make sure that they can keep Kevin Durant in the long run. But, I mean, at this point, the Brooklyn Nets are just a hot mess just with everything on and off the court. So, I mean, <laughs> but uh, honestly, it's going to be a good matchup. Uh, New York battle between the Knicks and the Nets. Um, I do see the Knicks pulling away um, in this one. I just find them the better team um, against the Nets. So, but, yeah, um, that's just in a crazy situation right now. And uh, I just feel bad for Durant because he's just kind of in the middle and he's just kind of watching everything happen. So Right. Um, one of the situations, obviously, that um, has been taking place has been the head coaching situation with the firing of Steve Nash a week ago at this point. Um, there were reports that came out pretty much right after that same day, Jack, maybe even like not even an hour later after it was uh, reported that Nash was, was out the door that they were getting close to hiring Ime Udoka, formerly of the Boston Celtics, led them to the NBA Finals last year and was suspended by the team uh, for workplace misconduct and, and kind of other inappropriate allegations against him. And so he was on, um, you know, again, suspension by the Celtics, not the NBA. We've discussed this before. So yeah. that means, you know, he he had the right to, to interview with other teams, and if there was an opening, a team could go out and hire him. And, you know, again, initially at first, both Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharania came out and tweeted that the Nets were getting pretty, pretty close, like almost to the point where it was a done deal um, to hiring Imai Udoka to come in, uh, formerly assistant with the Nets and the Sixers as well. So he's familiar with the organization. They were going to bring him in. Um, with Joe Mazzulla, the uh, the coach now in Boston, for him taking his place, and so that would have been a really interesting move to break down, just because of all the optics of it, and you know, and then you get into the basketball stuff, and you figure how good of a coach is Udoka. Did a great job with the Celtics last year. Celtics were a team that were under 500 um, at the All Star break, 
jacked, and they end up making a run to the finals. And so the turnaround that he had with them last year was remarkable. Um, but they end up kind of pulling back. Sean Martz comes out with a quote and is like, you know, I'm not really sure where they're getting this information from. We haven't, you know, gotten into negotiations with anybody. We're, we're you know, tr- still trying to process firing our old head coach, yeah, Steve Nash. Exactly. Um, and so they end up naming Jock Vaughn, who has been the assistant um, for the last few years here, um, moving him to head coach. And so he finally gets his opportunity to be at the helm of the Nets. He will coach tonight, obviously, against the Nets. And so, Jack, in your opinion, do you think that both Joe Sy, the um, the owner, and Sean Marks, the general manager, kind of saw what the reaction might be if they went out and that quickly hired uh, Udota? And do you, do you think they were kind of just like, all right, maybe this isn't the greatest idea in the world. Maybe we should look somewhere else. I think all the reporters are right, in my opinion. Um, I completely forgot that Udoka, uh, Udoka was uh, was suspended by the Celtics, not the NBA. I thought he was suspended by the NBA. So uh, when the information came out, I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And then I realized that he got suspended by the Celtics. But I do think that they're right. Like It was almost set in stone, and they just needed a signature, and they both had agreements. Um, and then once the information came out, they were like, oh, like, we're getting a bad rep out of this. We can't have another bad rep because of other situations. So um, I think they did, like, last second pull away because of how the media did react to the Nets signing someone like Udoka who um, had some inappropriate situations occur with the Boston Celtics. So, um so yeah, I did. Th- so I do think that everyone kind of is c- like that. You you are correct, and like the entire media is correct, and what we can agree with. So, um, so yeah, um, I think it is a crazy situation that they would just immediately sign uh, Udoka, not look at someone else who has a better reputation. But as I mentioned earlier, the Nets are in a, just a, in a desperate uh, state right now, where they're just trying to get everyone back, but they're also trying to keep everyone that they've had while also trying to be good. So, Jock Vaughn. A guy who has waited for this uh, for a while, Jack. He played 12 seasons in the NBA. And then as an assistant, he's been with the Spurs, 2010 to 2012. Then spent three years with Orlando. Then was with the Nets for four years as an assistant. Um, And now uh, in 2020, um, he served as the interim as well um, when um, Teddy Atkinson got fired. And then... Uh, for the last couple of years, he's been back to the role as an assistant, and now he has finally been promoted to the official head coaching role. So you got to feel good for Jock Vaughn. He's been through a lot with the Nets since 2016. They've been through a ton. Obviously, they had you know the young team that made the playoffs, and you know with D'Angelo Russell and all those guys, and they started to build the culture. <laughs> right. Yeah. They turned into obviously the superpower when they signed KD and Kyrie, and so he's been through a few different eras here in Brooklyn, but. Yeah, I get finally gets his chance. Won an NBA championship with the Spurs in two thousand and seven. And so so he knows what it's like to uh to play at that level and what it's like obviously he was under Greg Popovich as a player and as an assistant as well, so he's got a pretty good background in terms of a coaching tree there. And so uh we'll see how he fares. Uh another Issue happening off the court with the with the Brooklyn Nets, and I would say this is the big one. Yeah, um, has been the situation with Kyrie Irving, and um, obviously the uh, 
the stuff that he's put out on, on social media, um, promoting some hateful stuff. And he's meeting with Adam, or he, he did meet with Adam Silver, sorry, um, yesterday. And the meeting was described as productive. Now, obviously, Tyree's been under fire from Adam Silver and the league, and you know, a lot of players um, have been on his case as well for, for kind of putting that stuff out there. And I saw something. There was a there's a list of requirements that Kyrie has to do. He's gotta I saw that. he's gotta publicly apologize. Um Did he already? I thought did he or no? I thought I'm, he, not, I'm not sure if he's a, if he's actually come out and publicly okay. apologize. I, I thought he did, but I could be wrong. So um I'm actually gonna fat that fat check that real yeah, quick. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean he I did see the list. Um what, but what I thought was uh, cool was that yesterday um, when I went home and went to go vote. Um, so so Irving apologized in an Instagram post, but I think they want him to kind of come out and maybe talk to the media about it or have some sort of press conference. And so, yeah, that's on the list there. He's got to go through training that talks about, like, you know, the stuff he's promoting, like anti-Semitism and stuff. Yeah. And he, he's got he's to do a couple other things as well to kind of, I guess, get himself back on track. Uh, it makes Ty- sense, though. I mean, No, no, absolutely it does. I mean, there's no place for the stuff that he put out. Uh, it, he put out, by the way, if you don't know what it is, um, it, it, it was a movie that is on Amazon Prime, by the way. Yep. Um, and it's, it's pretty hateful stuff. It's yeah. talking bad about Jewish people mostly, and it's – anti-semitic to the core and he posted it on twitter <laughs> right and so, so just uh, we're not going to get into that um because we're here to talk about sports but yeah Kyrie obviously um has found himself a situation there he's met with joe Sy, the owner and all the personnel there at the net now you know if you want to move this to more of a basketball standpoint you know when Kyrie's been on the floor this year jack it hasn't exactly been great now his scoring output you looked at it it's still been pretty solid um, but I mean, his efficiency is down, he, you know, late in games. I remember the game in Chicago. It was like, he had the ball in his hands, probably three of the last five possessions and he did nothing with it. Missed yeah. a couple of like tough shots, turnaround faders. And then he might've had a turnover, um, as well. And so obviously if you're Brooklyn, you would love to have Kyrie back on the court here and helping you out again, like we talked about still averaging 27 points a game, five rebounds and five assists. But again, the theme has been over the last couple of years here, the off the court stuff has really kind of distracted him. And I think it's definitely taken a toll on both the Brooklyn organization at large, especially Kevin Durant. Yeah. And it, I mean, Kyrie Irving is a really good player. I mean, we can't, we can't deny that he played really well with the Cavaliers. Um, even before LeBron, he was really good. Um, when he joined back with the Cavs, uh, with the Celtics, he was, he was, he was nice. And then with the Nets, um, for the past, uh, like year or two or whatever, uh, he's been he's been good as well. So he's a great basketball player. It's just that um, uh, for him, in order for him to be good, we I talked about this with like Westbrook and everything. Westbrook, I I said is a leader, right? But for Kyrie, he needs someone to lead him in order for him to be good. Like we saw him do really well with LeBron, right? Kevin Durant is not a leader. Kevin Durant is a guy that will score for you. He's a guy that's very neutral. He's like, if you give me the ball, I'll, I'll score for you. But if you want to score yourself, go for it. Um, 
So Kyrie needs uh, for the Nets to be good. I think they need this guy that is a leadership role. I mean, they're kind of putting Kyrie and Durant in a leadership spot, but they both kind of don't need that because that's just not how they play. So, um, so the Nets need to find someone that likes to have control of the ball and everything, and that's what will make Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant um, pretty solid. Um, Mm -hmm. But now uh, they're just all in the mix now of the whole situation off the court with. Kyrie Irving that it's kind of getting distracting for the Nets and that's why they're not doing as great as they should be now you know you looked at what's gone on with Kyrie over the last couple of years and he's kind of darted this reputation as you know just not being available and it's you know I think rightly so um I mean you looked at the number of games he's played here 2020-21 um played 54 games the year before that played in 20 games Last year he played in 29 games. This year he's played in eight of um, Brooklyn's 11 games so far. Um, recently he's obviously missed the last few because of um, the situation going on surrounding him. But, I mean, he's been ultra-productive with the Nets over those four years. Um going to get you his, his total numbers here. So he's played 111 games as a net. 35 and a half minutes a game. His splits, 49% from the field, 39% from three. 92% from the free throw line, 27 points a night, 6 assists, and 5 rebounds. I mean, he's been one of the best players in the NBA exactly. when he has played. Um, now, you know, this has reached, I think, a little bit of a boiling point here, Jack, to the point where it's like people are actually asking the question, is he ever going to play again? I think he will. Um, there has been rumors, though. You're right. that he, But there's yeah, there's been rumblings where it's like, is he going to walk away if he – ends up getting, you know, maybe a lengthy suspension of some sort or, or something like that. He's on leave right now without pay. Um I, I mean, he while he's trying to figure all this out, so. Yeah. Um I mean, he could I think cuz the thing with the NBA is they're very um they're very uh, they uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. They like they support everyone that is yeah. in the league mm-hmm. um with the whole like Black Lives Matter movement right. and they just like to support everyone. Yeah, they kind um, of have a no any organization. They kind of have a zero tolerance. It's like a no like policy. there's no hate towards anyone right. kind of league. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he because of that, I mean, he, he deserves all the suspensions and stuff or fines whatever. Yep. No pay, whatnot. Um because of because of the hate that he's uh that he um post on Twitter so right. um, he does he deserves it and um, if he does I feel like he will probably be suspended in my opinion I think he'll be suspended till the rest of the year um, yeah, be... but he but the thing is I mean if you're gonna post something like that you kind of deserve it so um, so that's that's just my take but I mean mm-hmm. that's gonna affect the Nets and how they play and yeah. uh, uh, and whatnot and their record and maybe making even the playoffs or the play-in so Nets and Nets tonight 7 30 p.m. Barclays Center, Brooklyn, New York. Now, you look at the Lakers' upcoming schedule. This is actually going to segue pretty perfectly into uh, the Nets matchup we're talking about. So they got the Nets tonight, and then they have off um, for a few days until they get both L.A. teams back-to-back. Yeah, um, they're playing tonight, too. Yeah, um, which, again, we're going to segue into that, <laughs> Lakers and Clippers. Um, so then, yeah, they got the Clippers in LA on Saturday, um, and then on Sunday they have to turn around, stay at, I guess it's Crypto.com Arena now, not Staples Center. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, and yeah. they'll play the Lakers. So two nights in a row they'll be um, in Los Angeles there. 
And so, uh, let's see. I haven't looked past that point. Are they on a West Coast trip? Who do they play on Tuesday? So then they're at Sacramento yeah, on Tuesday. West Coast trip. Then on Thursday, they're at Portland. And yeah. so you've got a lengthy trip coming up here. You would really like to take this one tonight if you're Brooklyn. And uh, I guess we'll look at the Knicks, um, who come in at 5-5. Five and five. By the way, do you know this, Jeff? They are – so they're 5-5. Five and five. I think right now they're 16th in offense. Um, Are they fi- just like the most they're mid-team? 15th, <laughs> they're 15th in offense, sorry. They're like 15th in, in defense. Um, yeah, like it, it, there's like some crazy stat where like they're so middle of the pack. It's not <laughs> like the Knicks are like the most average team that you could possibly get. That's some Knicks thing to say. I mean, like they're just like <laughs> well, the Well, usually they're average. pretty pretty, pretty below average usually. But. Uh, yeah, but like from mm-hmm. the past, I'd say decade, I feel like they're the yeah. most average team. Right. So um, – I, I'm not surprised that that stat has accumulated. So um, I mean, yeah. yeah, they are five and five, and they're 16th in offense and defense, but Look, or 15th in offense and defense. You sorry, know, Julius Randle has has had a, a nice bounce back here this year. Had a big game against Minnesota, surprisingly, because they got two big men on the court. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I don't believe Gobert played. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't watch it, so. <laughs> yeah. So had had a nice uh, had a nice game on Monday, taking on Cat. Um, I got goes for fantasy. Goes for twenty five, thirteen, and seven. So yeah. probably got you a got you a nice fantasy performance there. But mm-hmm. Randall thirty one points, eight rebounds, eight of thirteen from three is is the real eye opening number this year. He's shooting thirty three percent from deep this year. I I don't think he's ever going to get back to the point he was two years ago where he shot forty one percent from three. It was just like he couldn't he nice. couldn't miss a couple years ago. Yeah. Um. The thing with that is the I feel like. It's a hot take, in my opinion, that the bubble year was the year everyone was good. Like, like you had teams like the Suns who went 8-0 and still didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you just had crazy plays happening left and right, no matter if it was a lob off the backboard or Jamal Murray 360 laying up a reverse layup on yeah. LeBron or something like that. Like, that like that 2020 year was insane. And the fact that, like... That you you're stating that Julius Randle like shot 41 percent from three. I mean, doesn't yeah. surprise me. That, that was that, that was the season right after. That was oh, when okay. when fans weren't allowed in. But yeah, I mean, again, you know, his first year there in New York, they don't even make the bubble, um, and he was not good his first year as a net. He was not good. Um, I wanted him gone. Yeah. To be completely honest with you, I didn't want Julius Randle here for another year. Um, but obviously, played to an All NBA level. And he's having, again, a nice bounce back year so far through 10 games, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 46% from the field, 33% from three. He just looks more confident um, than he did last year. And so, you know, the Knicks are a pretty interesting team. They bring in Jalen Brunson, who has also performed pretty well so far. Um, they, like he's the real, he's the first real point guard they've had in age. I can't even, t- <laughs> I can't even like begin to, to tell you, Jack, how long it's been since I've seen the Knicks with like a real true floor general of a point guard, probably since like Raymond Felton, which is like that's yeah. that's you know Raymond Felton yeah, very I do. well. I do. Um, yes. <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder connection there tying in. So yeah. I mean, yeah, like you're, th- you're we're we're talking like 2012, 2013 there, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, he's done a nice job. R.J. Barrett's been a little bit up and down. Um, I remember the only point guard that I can remember is is not Jer- not just Jeremy Lin, but there was another one that 
it started with an M, but I can't remember his name. It was like some five ten guy that was from like Italy or whatever. We're talking about the Nets. Yes, the Pablo Prigioni. Yes, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he was fun. He was super fun. That was the year they made the um the playoffs. They won fifty four games. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. He was he was fun. He came off the bench, yeah. he th- threw some lobs, had some yeah. nice little reverse layups. Pablo Prigioni was fun, but again, just remember him always. I w- because I always like, because uh, I would just remember playing him and watching Chris move or whatever. And, uh, Chris move because <laughs> well, he played uh, he played with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. In uh, I think it was sixteen. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I just remember him. Like he was, he, he was always kind of scary to 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 go against. So. Right. Yeah. No. So I mean, the Knicks are, are very interesting. Uh, Mitchell Robinson did not play on Monday night. It was Jericho Sims, the youngster who stepped in at center. I liked him a lot. We saw him. Um, play the Blue, yeah, play the Blue Coats uh, with Westchester a few times last year. He looked awesome in the G League. Oh, he did. Yeah, Dyer can just jump out of the gym, man. It's like he's a seven footer, and he's got to have like a 44, 45 He's inch definitely for, touching the top of the backboard. Oh like, yeah, like, with, I think I, there's been a video of him where he's either gotten pretty close or he's done it. Another high flyer though, and I think this is really kind of the main question mark with the Knicks right now is what do they do about Obi Toppin? Because they've ramped up his minutes here recently, but Tom Thibodeau still has a little bit of trouble playing him big minutes. Now, obviously, he's got Julius Randle in front of him, so I think the question becomes, Jack, you know, if we get to the point where we're in January or February and the Knicks are kind of, let's say they're kind of at the same spot they are now. They're kind of middle of the pack, right outside the playoffs. Um, Do they look for a trade partner for Randall if his stock is still that high, if he's still playing well, and do they make Obi Toppin the, the full-time forward? Because that's probably the biggest knock on Thibodeau so far is that the young guys, you know, obviously a guy like Emmanuel quickly is is too good not to play, and he doesn't really have too much, you know, of a, of a path being blocked in front of him. Obviously, Brunson's going to be the starter, but quickly is really the main ball handler off the bench along with Derrick Rose. Yeah. And so... Toppin, you know, he's got Randall with all that money tied to him kind of in his way. Do the Nets look to move Randall again if his if his stock is still high and if a team is willing to take on his contract? I think if he, if his stock's still high, yeah. I mean, why not? Because I, um, if he's having a bounce back year, I, I think this is just one of those years where he just is just yeah. going, getting higher or whatever. So you probably have to try and trade him to a team that might need a power forward and you kind of get a forward small forward yeah in return I, the caveat would be you know that the Knicks could look at him as a guy that might be their best player at that point and mm-hmm. again if they're in a spot where they think they can still compete for a play-in spot or whatever or even a playoff spot um you know they they might not be so quick to pull the trigger and so it'll be very fascinating because mm. you know Thibodeau's job although might, like what I'm thinking is you could probably trade him to the Bulls or something, yeah. get something out of that, uh, get maybe Levine or DeRozan uh, out of that because, I mean, they might need another forward, and that team's just kind of mm-hmm. a mess as well. So Yeah, again, it'll be really interesting. Thibodeau's job, although I think for now it's safe um, with the front office, I think they like him. Uh, you know, that's, again, he's been attacked, and people have called for his job when they're like, why is this kid Obi Toppin who – is so explosive. It seems like every time he's on the floor, he's making the right play. Um, his plus minus is ridiculous, and I think, I think, him and R.J. Barrett have like the highest plus minus of any two players 
combined on the team when they're on the floor together. And so he's just a positive, man. He like he comes into the game and makes an impact. He's a young kid with a lot of potential. People have called for Thibodeau's job when they're like, why is this kid playing 13, 14 minutes a night? Now he plays 25 against Minnesota the other night. Obviously, no Mitchell Robinson there, so he'll get his minutes bumped up a little bit um, with Jericho Sims getting limited time, the, the youngster. But, yeah, you just want to see him get more run. Um, but outside of that, again, the Knicks have – Look decent at this point. They're five and five. They've, you know, had some some rough losses, and you know they picked up a couple nice wins as well. The Minnesota one the other night was probably their best of the year so far, and so we'll see how they um they fare against the Nets tonight in Brooklyn. All right, uh, we're going to take one more step off here on offsides. Five forty eight p.m. right now here in Glassboro. When we come back, we'll have our uh, our top five for you again, like we said at the top of the show. Uh, going to be a fun one today, so be sure to stick around for the next 10 minutes or so. But first, we've got to check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. This is your Wednesday edition of Offsides. Aaron Hook and Jack Miller, our top five when we come back. What's your pop flavor? Tune into Pop Flavor every Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. Home of the hottest pop hits on the market. From Selena Gomez to Justin Timberlake, Drake, and more. It's a lot of bad things that they wish and wish and wish. You know what's good? Stop by for a taste of pop flavor. Pop flavor. Yo, pop rocks on pop flavor. Monday through Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. On Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other and build family memories we will carry with us forever. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. It's easy. Just put in your zip code to find family-friendly outdoor destinations near you. You'll also find guides to free activities, games, and amazing forest facts. Give the magic of the outdoors to your kids and reconnect with your family. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. This is your midweek edition of Offsides here on Wednesday, November the 9th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Along with Jack Miller, I'm your host, Aaron Hook. We have moved into our top five here on the show, 5.51 p.m. here in Glassboro. Got about 10 minutes left, and we are going to count down, Mr. Jack Miller. 
our top five most overpowered athletes in video games, sports video games, obviously. Um, so we're going to keep it to real life athletes, um, real life athletes from, you know, series like Madden, NBA, whatever. Uh, if there is kind of a, an obscure pick, like, you know, if you, if you love Pablo from backyard baseball, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I know we'll keep it a real athletes, yeah, but yeah. yes, that would certainly, I think be number one. Pablo is just unbelievable. <laughs> yes. Um, but I mean, even like, if you want to go to like a UFC game or a mm-hmm. WWE game or something like that, I used to rock Ooh. those back in the day man wwe yeah. universe mode yeah dude. took up all my time when i was about <laughs> yeah. 12 years old so yeah. all right we're gonna give our top five there um jack i think this should be pretty interesting yeah i got i said so the thing is i was always big on video games when it came to sports video games yes. so um now i mean since you mentioned mentioned wrestling i got now three uh, honorable mentions. Ooh. All so, right, so this is a top A right <laughs> top here, Mister Miller. All right, go so ahead. So my honorable mentions is any Jordan card in MLB. <laughs> I f- I swear I'm so good with Jordan when oh it comes to God. Diamond Dynasty. Uh, and then in uh, I played WWE 12 before 2K even bought it, and uh, Randy Orton was really good, and I used him all the time. So uh, and Undertaker. So uh, both those guys um, in uh, from WWE were uh, amazing. And then my other um, uh, honorable mention is Immortal Babe Ruth from MLB The Show 18. Oh, uh, the Immortals card, were a mess. That that card was absolutely Oh, man, those cards cracked. were juiced. Yeah, so my number five is I have uh, 2K15 slash 2K15, Gerald Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, that's a great one. So Gerald Green, that is a great I, was, one. I, I got drafted by the Suns twice in two years in a row, and – um gerald green was on both those teams and he just dunked on everyone made every three and was just a great player to have as a teammate if you're playing my career so uh gerald green number five um for and then i have 2k15 and 2k13 kevin durant um he was always just great to play with as in my career as well pretty much the same thing as gerald green but durant would just make every shot and i would hate going against him too so um (laughs) And then I got two, uh, 2016 Stephen Curry. Okay. Uh, is my number three. Okay. He's he, he just made everything. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, literally. Literally unstoppable. Uh, my number two is I have 98 overall player of the month Kyle Schwarber from last That's, year's MLB. Was that was that this year's game or last year? Last year. Last so year's. 21 MLB the show. Um, he he just had like he had like 120 power against rights and 110 power versus left in like the month of June. They got some juice cards <laughs> in, in Diamond Dynasty. Man. I, they like, come out with so many good cards so early. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Yeah. And then my last one is the I would say the most dominant player that played in a Madden game in any video game is Madden 16 OBJ. <sighs> Uh, wow. the, the aggressive catch thing was so overpowered. Oh, I was, and then it's OBJ's yeah. ninety nine aggressive. When catch. they first introduced that, yeah. everyone was spamming a exactly. Y or trying. Exactly. If you're on place, everyone was just going for the one hand. Exactly, grab. the one handed grabs or whatever, <laughs> and uh, he was just unstoppable. And um, oh man, it was one of, one of the reasons I stopped playing Madden. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah. yeah, he was he was one of those guys that are insane. So that's a that's a good one. OBJ was on the cover of Madden he was. sixteen, right? He was yeah. All right, so it made sense that. He was, he was pretty <laughs> A lot OP. of cover athletes on here. I yes, think. that's so. true. All right. Um, I just will have a, a quick honorable mention. I've never played Tecmo Bowl, but my father has told me that Bo Jackson on mm. Tecmo Bowl, okay. unfair, <laughs> unfair. Wow. Now, we're talking 
the eighties and nineties here, so it's like a, it's like a two bit mm-hmm. game where you, know, you can't <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't know if it was Bo Jackson. Obviously, yeah. you see the name under him, <laughs> but like I think they gave him like probably more speed than like anyone else in the game, so he would just run laps around yeah. people. <laughs> if you've ever seen that Family Guy scene, also they 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 mm-hmm. did like a like the joke about it where all of them are playing Tecmo Bowl and. Peter's like, I call Bo Jackson, and they're like, No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not fair. He's just running, he's just running up and down, like sideline to sideline. I think side I line. saw that clip on uh, TikTok. No one did catch him. I've been him. watching Family Guy oh, my uh, recently. Family I'm on Guy. season four, so my TikTok for you page is all Family Guy. <laughs> all Family yeah. Guy. There's um, a lot of seasons. I got to catch up. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, great show, but that's that's a different conversation <laughs> for a different day. All right, uh, I take a little bit of inspiration. This was a, a late ad. Um, mm-hmm. Diamond Dynasty, uh, really has produced some of the most dominant yes. cards or, or <laughs> players in, in sports video game history, really. I'm going a couple of years back. This was MLB 20, the show. So this was during COVID when we were yep. all locked up in our houses. One of my favorite video games of all time. Oh, like sports games. 20. I spent way too yeah. much time and way too much money <laughs> yeah. on that game. And 2K20 for yes. NBA. So. so in that version of the game, there was a Joey Gallo card that came out Eight. early in the year. Yeah, yep. I think that was mm-hmm. the one. I mean, the guy would hit the the, bi- the biggest moonshots I've ever seen. Yeah, this guy <laughs> was hitting the ball 500 feet. I was I was stared to pitch to him. I would wet my <laughs> pants every time he would walk up to the dish. Yeah, I was like, nice. I gotta face Joey Gallo. And now he played for my favorite team in real life, and now he's no longer playing yeah. for my favorite team in real life. So yeah. pretty uh, pretty ironic how things come full circle there. There's always that one dominant card that has, like, over 100 power in MLB <laughs> where it's unstoppable for the first month. Yeah, it's <laughs> Which is one of the reasons I said you were done because right. he was – one of those um, like face of the franchise, fa- yeah, face right? the franchise athletes with Joey Gallo. That was just for me yeah. was unstoppable. Especially like, those lefties. For some reason, they're just <laughs> juiced. I'm um, really good with lefties. <laughs> Vic in 04. Michael Vic, man mm-hmm. in 04. I, I I have played that game a few times. Um, my dad um, had the original Xbox, which was wow. came out with um, the PlayStation Two. That's the same generation there. Yep. So the Xbox before the 360. I had a PlayStation Two. Really? I, my first Madden was 05 with, with wow. Ray Lewis on the cover. Okay. So. Yeah. So I I've played that a few times. I think I've probably played as Michael Vick a few times. My memory is a little foggy, but again, just kind of like the consensus is like. He's like the best Madden player ever. Yeah. Cause like again, he was just faster than everybody. He could throw ninety yards through the air. <laughs> they just made him unstoppable, exactly. pretty much in that game. And he was on the cover of that game as well. So yep. continuing the the cover athlete theme, at number three, pretty easy pitch. Stephen Curry, yeah. <laughs> NBA two K sixteen. I remember for one day, they did this thing with him. For one day, you could shoot from pretty much almost anywhere. Um, and he would make it. Like you, uh, yeah, you could shoot like from. Like I, I forgot what they called it, but they just made him pretty much like mm. immortal. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you could shoot from pretty much anywhere, anywhere on the court except it, for yeah. like a half court yeah. heave. Yeah, but still. Or, or a full court heave. Like, you could shoot from behind the half court, and he would sink it. Exactly. I like mean, he was just unstoppable. They just made him the most like overpowered player yeah. in the game. Thankfully, I didn't play Diamond Dynasty <laughs> or not. Uh, yeah, not my Diamond, team, my whatever team. it was called. Yeah, my bad. Um, yeah, for two K sixteen because I didn't have online back then. Right. Um. So, but yeah, but yeah, I would not want to have uh, had to play with him while uh, also going against him yeah, at the same lucky. time. So um, I'm very lucky. Number two, these next two are going to be kind of personal to me. I've got from NBA two K fourteen, Tyreek Evans. For some okay. reason, his <laughs> form. 
was butter, man. Yeah. I was I, like Tyree Devin. I would go out and drop fifty with Tyree Devin's like every day. Wow. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I don't know. He's got that kind of form where he almost like slings it, but yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not really like a Larry Bird type of deal. Like it's yeah. more of like almost like a line drive, and he just like yanks it back and yeah. lets it fly. I don't know. It looked really cool and it was efficient. So <laughs> two day fourteen. Had it on the uh, the PS4. That was like the first game I got on my PS4. Mm-hmm. Still have that, my baby. Um, but <laughs> your jet I'm, engine. Yeah, um, <laughs> forget it. it. It sounds like we're uh, at Philadelphia International. Yeah, when I turn exactly. that thing on. So, all right. And then number one, Madden 13, Robert Griffin the third. Wow. Just yeah. Just so unreal. I remember me and my friends used to hop online on Madden 13, and I would only pick Washington because mm-hmm. RG3. I would run the same play every time. I would just Play action boot, roll him out to the right, have a guy run on a street downfield, touchdown every yeah. time. It was, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I don't know why he was so good, um, especially after he got injured the year before that. Yeah. But I don't know, man. There was there was something in, in, in the juice there for yeah. for RG three and Madden thirteen. A lot of fun to yeah. play with. So he's my number one. Pretty fun top five today. Yeah, right? I know. I like it because I I always play video games. I've been a sport video game connoisseur, I guess you could say. Yes. Um, it's I'll, actually my first year not buying 2K. Yeah, so. I, I didn't buy 2K last year, and mm-hmm. I oh, I didn't buy 2K last year. I uh, game shared with someone where I could uh, get okay, it for free. Okay, but, there you go. But still, like it's the first 2K I haven't gotten in since 2K14. Yeah, I didn't play 2K14. Actually, same with me. So. I mean, like my first 2K was 2K11, so that was a mm-hmm. long time Mine was ago. 2K12. With my yeah, team. like you know, we're we're at this age, Jack, where I think. You know, unfortunately, and these franchises, I think, progressively have steered more and more towards monetization and yeah. making as much money and not really focusing on the product as yeah. much. So for me and you, it, it's nice to hear, sit here exactly. and remin- reminisce a little bit about, <laughs> about the good old days. Exactly, so, yeah. All right, this has uh, been our Wednesday edition of Offsides here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. Thank you, as always, to Jack Miller for hopping on with me. Uh, just the two of us today always uh, have a great time going back and forth. Yeah. Um, and so, again, Blue Coats tomorrow. Yeah, Aaron Hook on the call. Yes, sir, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Hook, Hook on, on the, the call. call. <laughs> uh, don't miss it tomorrow, Blue Coats. Um, and then on Friday, Danny Ryan will uh, will be here hosting Offsides from 5 to 6. You can catch Offsides Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m., and I'll be here every Wednesday, uh, same time, same place. Okay, this has been Offsides. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.